Hi, and welcome to the I Am Me podcast. You're listening to Crystal, and today we are on episode 10, and we're going to delve into the journey of mindfulness. Alright, so let's get into it. So earlier this evening, I found myself doing a little bit of an inventory on my book selection, just kind of gauging where I am with the books that I started reading, the books that I haven't read, the books that I've already read, but I might need to pass along to someone else and donate. And one of the books that I pulled off the shelf that... I thought about rereading was this tiny little book called How to Love by Thich Nhat Hanh. Hopefully I didn't butcher that halfway to death, but he's a very well-known Zen teacher. Most people have some sort of awareness of who he is if you're into any sort of um, self-exploration and self-improvement practices. But in any case, I had looked at where I had bookmarked the last page and it was page 22, respect and trust. Page 23, be beautiful, be yourself. And I didn't read those all the way through because I went and browsed the back of the book for whatever reason, got distracted, and for whatever reason I didn't notice the text that was on the back of the book, like I never read the back of the book, and it brought me down to the last line of, he has two other books called Reconciliation and Cultivating the Mind of Love. So I was particularly drawn to the word reconciliation because um, there have been several circumstances throughout my life where someone has told me that a part of my purpose was about relationship and reconciliation. And... For me, and I know that kind of sounds weird to say, like to be like, hey, yeah, several times throughout my life, somebody's told me about myself. Um, And it's true. Like, I don't know what anyone else's experiences have brought them. But for me personally, I've had people uh, read me in a way. Um, in, in a variety of ways. I've had people do read me directly. I've had people um, read me in a conversation that had nothing to do with any sort of um, introspection or looking into the self, if that makes sense. I've had people read into my future without even consciously doing that. Or maybe the intent wasn't to do that 
um, so abruptly. And I know that sounds really vague, but um, yeah, I've, I've just, I've had these little moments in my mind where I've had interactions with people and they would say these key words. And so I kept these key words locked in my brain. And so what I'm saying is that these uh, keywords have brought me to the topic of mindfulness tonight and and how reconciliation is very important, not only in my life, but in the life of of everyone and what everyone's purpose is ultimately connected to whether people are aware of it or not. I do believe that we may have a universal purpose, which if you look at the word reconciliation, that would make sense. If you think about the state of the world, socially, politically, emotionally, mentally, just all across the board, the way that we engage as human beings in the media, in our social circles, within our family, there tends to be a lot of duality, a lot of opposition, there's a lot of this side, that side, everyone's got an opinion about this, that, or the other. And what that means is that there are sides to anything. That means that there's a degree of separation there. So uh, we're all living in a state of duality, myself included, but at least I'm aware of it. And because of my awareness of living in duality and understanding that I do have opinions, I do have um, positions that I am in the process of releasing. I mean, you know, to a certain degree or maybe to a certain perspective, it might be useful to have a position on something. But overall um to release as many positions that you can um i think serves the greater purpose of yourself your experience and the world around you and um so getting back to reconciliation how that ties in with duality the fact that we are always finding ourselves in opposition to another person um you know this person has one opinion you have another uh to reconcile is to be on the same page with someone to um that doesn't mean always to agree because i i believe that sometimes uh to not get it twisted you know reconciliation doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with someone but i do believe that reconciliation is the awareness that people can be completely in their own experience and it can be an experience that is different. And I know using the word different kind of conveys duality in itself, but to be real, like we are all having unique experiences. That's the word I want to use, unique instead of different. Okay, so... Seeing that we all are having unique experiences, reconciliation 
acknowledges that we we respect where people are in their unique perspective and experience and you can reconcile with that understanding and understanding is not only is is understanding the foundation of love and the basis of of love it is also the thing by which reconciliation is possible so with that i hope this is all making sense because i'm i'm not even um i'm not even thinking about this right now i i really feel like uh however this comes out is is whatever the message is supposed to be at this point and so today i had been spending some time practicing or not even practicing because for a while now i've been trying to figure out how to get into a state of being like what does being actually look like for me in my life and what does that feel like because the way that i process things is that um it's most of the way that i process life has been mental so i'm getting out of the mental and getting more into the heart space and feeling into what feels right in each moment so today i was feeling like okay what's what does this feel like like what does being feel like and it's it's truly a practice like it's not something that you can just sit there and and just like snap into it especially when you've been living in your mental space for years and years and years so after i read the back of this book how to love i found myself online i was like okay i'm just going to spend a few minutes and dig around for this book and I logged into Amazon and I was doing my thing and a whole bunch of books by the same author um, came up and so I went down the list and I ended up getting two audiobooks. One was You Are Here and the second one is The Reconciliation. And um I listened to, I think, about 27 minutes of the Reconciliation book, and then I listened to the sample of the You Are Here um, mindfulness book, and immediately, um, because I was multitasking at the same time, which is is something that I'm trying to get out of as well, because multitasking is what prevents me from being in the present and so from the little bit that I had absorbed in the half an hour time that I had listened to both of those books which I'm going to go back and listen to one all in one sitting and then the next and in one sitting as well and revisit that so I'm not going to be listening to it like the way that I did this evening but that's a side note I uh I went and I did a meditation 
and I was doing four attunements today. So I was in an attunement, and then after that, I was like, all right, there's something out of that audio sample um, from the audiobook that I absorbed. Let me just try this out for a second. So I went and I made a bowl of salad, and I put all the lettuce in there, and I put some quinoa, and there was chickpeas and some garlic infused in there, and cherry tomatoes and some dressing and I turned my monitors off I turned my my screen off folded down my computer or at least one of my laptops the second one was already um was already uh in screensaver mode so I just kind of folded that down I turned all the music off. I turned everything pretty much off, except uh, my diffuser is still going. And then I just sat and I ate and I thought about what I was eating. So I just looked at my fork with each bite. I just kind of observed what was what was happening in that moment. And by the time I finished that bowl of salad, not only did I feel like 50% more full than I've ever felt, while eating a salad, but I noticed that the eating experience was like phenomenally enhanced. Like I noticed flavors that I n- never noticed before because normally when I would eat, I would I would just make a plate or whatever and then watch, you know, episodes of Steven Universe and I would catch up on that because I'm trying to get through the last bit of that. And And as I was eating this bowl of salad, for whatever reason, in that moment, it was like the most remarkable experience. And I don't even know why, because like when you think about it, it's like, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to eat a salad in a quiet room. To me, that sounds boring as fuck, but I, I allowed myself to open up to the fact that like you know what I'm gonna try this and see what happens I'm just gonna try it you know I'm gonna try to put my um my expectations aside even if I feel like it's gonna be boring even if it sounds boring I'm just gonna see what the actual outcome is gonna be and it was pleasurable who knew that eating a bowl of salad would not only taste on point because all the flavors were were popping. I was feeling it. Um, I noticed how my body felt after I ate. It was like I caught a healing. <laughs> and, and I've been doing various forms of meditation and energy work and healing work for a while so I know what it feels like in my body to to get an aspect of myself um, healed and so I, I felt it in my chest area so like in my heart space area which is an area that I've been working exclusively on 
to be real. Um, and I think that a lot of people are working on their heart. I think love is, is a huge focus this season. Um, people are trying to figure out where in their unconscious and within themselves can they open up to themselves and discover where they need to be loved and um oh shit you know what? i forgot to mention that the reconciliation book um that book was uh i forget the rest of the title but it had it had inner child in it so it was like reconciling your your inner child and um And when it comes to the inner child, um, in my experience, I guess I've been so disconnected from the self that I don't even know, I wouldn't even know how to identify my inner child if she slapped me upside the head. (laughs) And that's sad, but at the same time, it's like, okay, maybe I could give myself a little bit more credit. Um, considering that the inner work that I've done over the last, I don't even know how long, because your entire lifetime is a healing journey, to be real. Like, when you come out, when you pop out the womb, however you pop out, I mean, I didn't pop out. I was sliced and snatched out, so... Yeah, shout out to all the C-section babies out there, which, I know this is random, I feel like I'm getting off on a few tangents, but somebody had said somewhere that like um they were like yeah uh i don't know if it was like mas- masculine either masculine energy or baby boys or something of that nature but like whether you have masculine energy if like that's your dominant energy or if you're like a baby boy that's usually those are usually c-section babies and i thought that was really interesting because um, within each person, whether you are male or female, everyone has masculine and feminine energies. So I'm wondering, like, if anyone has done a study with pregnant women where, um, especially the ones who had C-section children, like they were having C-sec- C-sections, if they um, monitored those individuals as they grew up and determined which energy those folks were operating out of so like me I mean I'm obviously you know I was born a girl so um but I operate off of a lot of very um masculine energy which is just you know I'm active I'm very just I get things done. I'm just in these streets like that. Um, and when you're a more feminine energy, I feel like you are more in touch with what... I mean, I don't even know. because, uh, But... <laughs> 
because I'm more of the masculine perspective, it's like, and I don't mean masculine in a um, gender-specific uh, way, because that's what a lot of people think. But um, if you're aware of how um, those energies operate and the dynamics of those energies outside of gender, then you understand that masculine energy is very action-oriented and they are ruled by the sun and um, feminine energy is kind of, you know, they're the moon, so they're kind of run by the moon and so it's more introspective and things are kind of like um, revealed with feminine energy, things are revealed with masculine energy, things um, they kind of uh, operate out of clarity, um, which is similar but different. So, um, yeah, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but it makes sense to me. So, getting back to uh, what I was saying about the C-section babies, I wonder if anyone's done a study to kind of determine that, like, how how many different types of people. And even like intersex people, because I don't think a lot of people put a lot of shine on that. Because I mean, honestly, if I were intersex, would I want everybody to know? Probably not. That's a personal thing. But it's like how many people, whether you are male or female or intersex, where where do you operate from as a C-section baby? Like what's the percentage? What's the ratio? I feel like that would be an interesting study to do. Because um, they were saying that if if you're a baby that's going to be operating out of masculine energy, then you'll like, you know, you going through the womb is not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to work out for you. Like you're going to want to pop out another way or you're gonna have to be cut out or whatever um anyway that could be a completely just ridiculous theory but i don't even know where that came from so um yeah the mindfulness that i discovered tonight is uh what I know will be the beginning of the next level of a refocus and um and I thought back tonight after eating the salad you know when was the last time that I had done anything similar I remember growing up my parents were very adamant about like all right turn off the tv wash your hands come into the kitchen set the table we're sitting down like we we didn't have a television in the kitchen growing up that wasn't even you know heard of because we had one of those huge floor tvs you know the floor tv that was so big like it was like furniture you could like sit shit on top of it um but it was also a tv and it wasn't the kind of thing where like you know we didn't have ipods ipads we didn't have laptops like Mm, nah like we had crts and tandy computers and 
like cartridges and joysticks like y'all even know what a joystick is like that's how real it was um and so we would sit down and say grace and then we would eat and sometimes it would just be silent eating like you know we would just be focusing on our plate and that's all it was and then maybe towards the end like okay you know whoever got done with their eating first would maybe just kind of like have a conversation there would be some sort of light conversation but most of the time it was pretty it was pretty quiet and so that kind of brought me back to the foundation that I had growing up and there's a lot of gratitude in that because I wonder how many people, how many kids are like, if they've even had that experience, you know, or have they only had the experience of just kind of like eating on the go or eating in front of TVs or radios or this, that, and the other. Like, we didn't even, like, nobody was playing music while we were eating. It was just like, no, we're in the kitchen. We are, the only thing that you're going to listen to is the clink of the fork or spoon on your plate. And you're going to hear somebody swallow. But that's about it. And uh, now as an adult, I realize that as I'm, getting back into that practice how valuable that is especially living in a world where it is anything but you know to find peace and to find silence and to find a comfortable space within your own being and your own mind is rare because there's so much noise and that's because there's so much there's so much technology and I think also because there's so much access, the fact that you didn't feel as accessible back in the day, back when I was growing up. And I remember as a child, I felt like the world was a lot bigger than how I feel it is now. Now as an adult, I feel like I could virtually like discover or travel or to I could explore any area of the world that I wanted to in some way, shape, or form, either by the comfort of my own computer or booking a flight and and trying to go there myself. Whereas as a child growing up, none of that was even feasible in in my mind. Like I wouldn't have been able to even think of places that, you know, exist, but like I mean, we had encyclopedias, so, like, there was information, there was knowledge, but, like, to have a real grasp of how those things were evolving real time, um, we just, we just didn't have that. And also, people weren't able to get a hold of you 24 hours a day, whereas now it's, like, people can have access to you if you allow them access and that's one thing that I am also cutting back on as well is the amount of access people have to me because I realized that the space that my parents had created for me growing up uh, is the space that I find myself desiring 
now and also not even desiring but just requiring you realize that well I don't know because you know people grow up differently but for me specifically the foundation that I had growing up is the thing that I'm revisiting in some way shape or form to expand upon in my adult life if that makes sense so there are things that are really valuable about turning the technology off um sitting outside leaving your electronics and shit unplugged at home turned off whatever um not answering phone, emails, texts, social media, anything for a couple days or a few days at a time. If people can't handle it, that's really their issue, not yours. Um, if people are, if people are um, trying to issue consequence because you're not giving them access to you, that's still their issue, not yours. I'm finding that if you really want to commit to your own personal freedom and you shut it down and you put up guidelines to where you know, you're really able to stay connected with yourself but also be productive, anyone who can't fit within those means if they have a real issue with it and and it just doesn't like vibe with what they're doing they'll let you go and at the end of the day like whatever doesn't work for your reality the trash will take itself out you know what i'm saying like you don't even have to take the trash out in 2019 it's not even that deep anymore you just do what you need to do for yourself and whatever doesn't work will take itself out of your game And there's nothing for you to do at that point. Because I think a lot of times when we um, try to figure out how to subtract from our lives or how to uh, reorganize, like, oh, you know, should I move or should I change jobs or should I do this or should I do that or should I take something else on? And it's like, you don't need to figure that out. Just go get into a space where you can be silent and be You know, focus on that. Focus on what feels really good to you on a core, fundamental, energetic level. Just being in your physical body. And let all the other shit fall away. Yeah, you're still going to pay your bills. Yeah, you're still going to do this, that, and the other. But um, we have to stop being slaves to technology and to the communication of other people and whatever else. It's just a plain old fucking distraction. Just kind of let that shit take care of itself. And um, with that being said, this is a, a sweet and precious Memorial Day. Monday, 2.35 in the morning. And uh, got two more hours to go before I do another attunement meditation and then who knows what the day will bring but i hope that you are having a magically exquisite memorial day and until next time